Welcome to another episode of Sports and Discourse with your host Derek Stevenson and um we here for the live recap of Kentucky versus Arkansas and um man it was crazy um like my guy in the comments Andrew said it was a ugly one but go big blue and that's how I feel about it too um I ain't gonna lie to you. I thought we was about to lose. Uh, I thought we was about to drop this one too, and um, I started to feel a little more comfortable actually when uh, when Reed started handling the ball a little bit. I feel like um, over the last couple of games, I feel like Reed Shepard kind of been getting lost in the sauce, and I ain't really for sure if it's his fault. Um, I think maybe it's just that like. You know, DJ's been playing a little better. So he probably been taking um more shots. Uh he been having the ball in his hands a lot more. And I think it's kinda taking a little bit away from Shepard's game, but I was kinda glad to see him um kinda get back into the swing of things. I kinda felt comfortable uh when he was running the show. Um Andrew said, now we see how uh, important Reckless Rob really is. Yeah. Um, when I first heard, I didn't actually hear that Rob was going to be out until actually it was probably maybe less than an hour before the game even started because I had actually just not really been paying attention. Um, I had my alarm set for the game, uh, but I really hadn't been paying too much attention to what was going on. I didn't know a dude was going to be back. Uh, glad to see him back, and I hope that a dude can stay healthy because we just need his presence. We need his physicality. We need his energy. So it was. I was glad to see him back. Um, you know, but like I said, uh, we definitely. It's gonna be hard for us to make a deep run without Rob. Uh, and hopefully, you know, they said Rob just got a stomach bug. Um. When they showed him when he was sitting over on the sidelines, I mean, he looked cool. So he probably could have went on and played. You know what I mean? If he was, if he was sick, he really he looked all right. So hopefully, um, whatever issue he got going on, he'd be back for the next game because we can't afford to have him miss too many games. Um, but overall, uh, I'm gonna run through it a little bit. Antonio Reeves definitely uh, did what he does. He scored a lot of points. He uh he shot he shot pretty decent. Um you know, he was nine for twenty from the field. That's decent. He was four for eight from three. And he ended up with twenty four points. But like I said, I just hate that Antonio sometimes becomes one dimensional and like tonight he only had one assist. And I would just like to see him do a little bit more than that. Maybe like three to four, uh so, who knows? Tony C said, if he was sick, why was he on the sidelines? That's a good question. Um, they said it was just a little stomach bug, and you know how that goes. Um, I guess, you know, he might have, he might have, uh, <laughs> he said nobody else wants that ish. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but maybe, maybe he just had like, you know, had to be running back and forth to the bathroom, and he didn't want nothing to hit him while he was out there on the court. Uh, who knows, man? Who knows what really be going on? Um, 
Andrew said Thero missed so many layups, but he grabbed like six or seven boards. Yeah, I know exactly uh, that sequence you're talking about where he went to the basket and he ended up missing like three or four in a row. And I was like, come on, dude, like you got to put one of them in. Um, but I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass. You know, he hadn't played in a while, so hopefully uh, he'll clean that up. But I like this energy, though, because like I said, when when they don't have a do in the game, it just seems like um, – the the big men usually get pushed around a lot so i like having dudes with some some size on them uh and you know he's one of our most physically developed dudes that plays around the basket so we definitely need a dude in there just just banging just throwing his body around um you know he's always gonna help but yeah i want i want to get back to my guy reed though uh Reed uh, had a nice bounce bounce back game because, like I was saying, I felt like he had kind of been getting lost in the sauce over the last uh, several games, and I think a lot of it was due to DJ Wagner's been playing better. So I think with DJ Wagner's confidence going up, I think he's been more aggressive than he was in the beginning of the season, but I feel like that's kind of taken away from uh, Shepard because I feel like in the beginning of the season when DJ may not have been as confident, he was looking to move the ball a little bit more. And now I think he kind of looks to score a lot. And I, I'm not necessarily mad at that, but I feel like when Reed uh, has the ball in his hands, he's making decisions for the team. Usually he makes some pretty good decisions. And he's kind of uh, – probably our most truest combo guard because he can pretty much play on the ball and off the ball probably does it the best um so i can like it seems like he can fit himself in the game no matter what's going on if he needs to play make and make decisions for other players usually he makes good decisions and he can get guys some good looks and then he can just take his as as they come you know what i'm saying um but he played well he uh Two for three from three points, five for 12 overall, five assists, four rebounds. And, you know, he had a couple of key steals that kind of broke the game open a little bit for us. So uh, definitely glad to see Reed get back into the flow of things, man. I look, I really like when he uh, runs the show for us. Looks really, He looked really good. Um, my guy Trey Mitchell, uh, you know, he kind of shot poorly. Um he actually ended up being three for six from three, but overall he was three for 10. So he didn't really had the greatest shooting night, but he still gave us a, a nice double double. He gave us uh 10 points and 11 rebounds. And, you know, the one, the one thing that I think I want to see a little bit more of, uh, I've been talking with some of my people a little bit about this and I want to see Reeves, Mitchell and Adu become more vocal leaders. Uh, I want to see them kind of lead the way a little bit. And I'm not saying that they have to be the most talented players. They have to shoot up all the balls. But I want them to kind of, you know, kind of take the freshmen under their wing. And, and I know that they all said that, like, you know, off the court, you know, they, they've been good leaders, but I want to see on the court, I want to see the freshmen looking to these guys to be led by them because I feel like if these guys are the main three people and they're, you know, 
directing the traffic out there and then you know the freshmen don't have to think the game as much and they just follow their lead with their talent i think they would play a lot better and um overall i think the team would probably be more under control less turnovers um so i actually i'm really looking to see them just be more vocal on the court because i feel like a lot of times um you know they kind of get lost in the sauce and even though like guys like Reeves ends up with a lot of points he took a lot of shots but I still feel like there's a lot of moments where the freshmen don't even really look to them and um I would really just like to see more of more of that like more of the communication from the older guys and um because I feel like if we're going to win the championship I feel like we can't necessarily rely on the freshmen to be making the decisions down in the clutch moments. I feel like that's where you need the experience to come in so that they can help the younger guys. And then the younger guys can rely on their talent. Um, but overall, you know what I'm saying? Like, I I feel like Reeves and, and Mitchell had a, a really good game. A dude gave us some really good energy, even though he didn't score but one point. But he did have six boards, so a dude was working hard. And, um, you know, hopefully uh, he'll get it together. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Big Z, man, because I don't know if maybe he's he's not really completely in game shape or whatever the case may be. But last couple of games, man, Cal kind of gave up on him pretty quickly. So I wonder what's going on with that. I wonder if, you know, is Cal specifically looking for something from him that he's not giving them? Um, I don't know what the case is with that. But after that first game, I thought Z was just going to keep, you know, giving us some consistency. But, the next two games he's been pretty much been trash so hopefully uh you know he can get back you know get back on track and give us a little something because i was expecting him to at least be giving us like 10 and 5 off the bench every night but um he ain't you know we gotta give him a couple games i'm thinking maybe he just probably ain't in game shape yet um i'm surprised cal bent z i figured he would have 25 minutes yeah uh that was kind of kind of what I was thinking too, like. But I don't know. Um, like I said, guys, got to see what's going on with him. But maybe that's the case. Uh, Anyenzo ended up pretty much playing the most minutes out of all the big men, and I think I think Cal likes Anyenzo because Anyenzo does try to block shots. He is aggressive on the glass. I know he only had four rebounds, but and six points but he does try to get in there and mix it up and i think maybe cal might be trying to send a message to big z and bradshaw that if you want to get the minutes you got to go in there and get aggressive you got to be hungry um so hopefully that's what that is and hopefully we'll see um you know big z get some more minutes i was happy to see edwards get less minutes until he shows he wants to be aggressive um yeah, man, uh, Edwards, uh, I think Edwards is going to have to wake up now because he literally gave, like, I know we, you know, normally we don't expect great numbers from Edwards, but tonight he didn't give us anything. Um, he gave us zero points, one assist, one rebound, 
and one missed field goal in nine minutes. And I think um, hopefully uh, I think Cal's trying to send Edwards a message and hopefully he receives it and hopefully he'll uh, he'll wake up, man, because he could be a, a key piece. If he if he can get consistent and give us a decent performance, um, man, that could be the key because he has the potential to be a great defender. He has the potential to be a 10-point scorer a game. So he's got to just figure it out, man. He's got to learn how to get himself involved in the game. Z's attitude seems lazy like he knows he's a lotto pick. And, you know, sometimes sometimes that's what you got to deal with because he probably is going to be a, a lottery pick, and maybe he is dialing it in a little bit, and, and that's probably what Cal's trying to tell him. Like, like my brother, man, we we need you, but we, you know, if you ain't going to be giving us your all, then we're going to get you up out of there and because – you know, Anyenzo ain't lazy like Andrew said. Yeah, Anyenzo might not be the best skill-wise. He might not, you know, have the most potential, but he does play hard. So, you know, at this point, we need people that's playing hard on defense. Um, yeah, we struggled offensively again. We only put up 63 points, which is far off of what we normally do. But defensively is where we got to improve. So even if, you know, we're not having a night where we scoring, I still got to give them credit for holding Arkansas to 57 points. Um, Z is the weakest defensive big. He needs another year to put on some muscle. Uh, yeah, I, to be honest with you, I think all of these kids really need another year. Um I don't think any of them, and I'm just talking about the young ones. Like, I'm not, you know, not talking about Reeves and Mitchell in this instant. But everybody else probably needs one or two more years because if they get, they're going to go in the, in the draft, they're going to get picked. Probably a lot of them will get picked in the first round. But they're going to go in, they're going to get sent straight to the G League. They none of them are going to be able to play significant minutes in the NBA right now. So realistically, they all should probably come back. Didn't see the beginning of the game did Edwards start. You know what? I didn't see it either, honestly. Um I was upset about that too because you know, I turned it on ESPN and they had Duke on there playing Clemson and I was waiting for that game to get over and it was they was dragging it out. Um, you know, it was it was a little controversy at the end. I f I feel like uh like Duke got away with a little bit of a, you know, they got a little phantom call, but you know I ain't even want to talk about that. They ended up winning, and finally they turned on Kentucky, and Kentucky was getting beat. And I was I started off watching the game worried, to be honest. Imagine Rob as a junior. Yeah, see. Oh, no, he didn't start. Thero started. And and see, I'm glad that Thero's starting, to be honest, because, like I said, we got to go with the guys that's going to play hard on the other end of the court. And that's one thing, like I said, you know, Thero only had one point, but the six rebounds is key. And just, 
knowing that he's going to be on the glass and he's going to be playing hard. Yeah, he might have missed all them layups, but he's, you know, he's still getting the offensive boards. He's he's playing hard. And uh, Edwards only played nine minutes. Yeah, he only played nine minutes. Uh, but like I said, I hope that, you know, it's this wakes him up because now it's like your minutes is probably going to be limited from here on out. So you better make sure when you get in the game, you're ready to go. Like, you're ready to play. You're ready to contribute. But, um, yeah, like, him and uh, <laughs> Edwards is only about the ninth best player. Yeah. Edwards is just, I don't know. I, I just don't understand the Edwards situation because when I was watching these kids, like, the people on here that follow my show, they y'all know that I loved Rob Dillingham. Like that was my guy. I raved about Rob. Um, but honestly, low key, I just always looked at Edwards being six seven, being athletic, looking like he had a good jumper. I thought he could be a nice, solid wing defender. Like I thought he was gonna be the probably one of the better players. Um, on the team easy uh so i'm just super confused that he struggles so much because i feel like he has the tools and the natural abilities and gifts to just find his way in the game like like the way i know he's not as big as as thero but the way thero can just go in and just bang and get some rebounds and give himself some opportunities even though no players are being ran for him that's that's kind of what i expected from edwards uh I expected Edwards to have at least two or three games where, you know, he looked like the best player on the court, and he's yet to give us one. Does Clutch uh, represent Edwards? You know, I'm not really for sure about that. I know um, I'm pretty sure they represent Bradshaw, um, but I'm not actually for sure if Edwards is a part of Clutch. Um, I know um, Chris Livingston was – but I ain't I ain't for sure about Edwards. I, I'm a, I'm gonna check on that actually um, to try to see if I can figure that out. Um, yeah, everybody can score. Who wants to scrap and play defense? That's the most important right now. Yeah, and um, even going back to Shepard, like I know, you know, Shepard might not be the greatest on ball defender, but Shepard figures out how to be effective on defense, like. He just knows how to worry people a little bit. Like, he's going to get up in your stuff. He got active hands. You know what I'm saying? He's always paying attention to the passing lane. So, Shepard's just going to – he just finds a way to make some stuff happen. So, I'm glad to see he got back on track because the last couple of games I was just getting worried. Like, I was like, man, is he losing his confidence? Is it – like – because it just looked like he was kind of getting froze out on offense, and I was just wondering, like, but hopefully uh, this will springboard him back to where he was playing more consistent like he was in the beginning of the season because he was one of our best players, if not arguably our best player for a little stretch there. So hopefully, um, you know, he'll he'll get back to doing what he normally was doing. He looked real good tonight, you know. Um like I said, he was playmaking with the five assists along with the efficient shooting game and 14 points. So, um, 
Yeah, Shepard is intelligent. That's why I was kind of saying earlier I like Shepard running the point guard because I feel like even if Shepard is in attack mode offensively, I feel like he's always still constantly viewing and seeing the court and just aware of how he can make plays for other people. Whereas some of the other ones like DJ and Rob, you know, when they play in point guard, I feel like um, once they make a move, once they commit to scoring, that's what they're going to try to do. And I just feel like Shepard has always kind of got that, you know, in the back of his mind to where he can see, and you know, what's developing and get some other guys involved. Same same with Antonio Reeves. He's the same way, too, as far as when he tries to score. When he commits to scoring, he commits to scoring. Like, when he makes a move, normally it's to get his shot. And we, you know, obviously we need guys like Reeves and Dillingham to score at a high rate for us to be successful. But I just feel comfortable when Shep is the primary ball handler to make decisions for the other guys so that they can do what they do, which is score. Is it just me or does Jay Billis on the low hate Kentucky uh, loves to see us lose? Yeah, it's it's a lot of players out there uh, that um, I feel like um, are a lot of people, not a lot of players, but it's a lot of people out there that I feel like hate Kentucky. <laughs> so I'm just kind of used to it at this point. Um, but um, yeah, he, he might got a little something going on. You just never know, really. Um, Bradshaw beat Florida for us, but what else has he done? Yeah. Bradshaw is another one. Like, I feel like at some point in his career, he is going to be good. But I just don't know if physically, if he's going to be able to compete hard in the SEC to where he makes an impact this year at Kentucky. And unfortunately, for most of these guys, all we're going to have him for is one year. So this is basically like, their senior year so hopefully um they pick it up man but just right now that's that center position is just it's just really not being great for us besides you know a couple of games a couple of moments from each one of them uh but we don't really have no consistency at that position you don't know from night to night what you know that collective group of three guys are going to give you so Bradshaw got to tighten it up. Same with Big Z. Um, they got to work harder because I expect more from them than I do of Anyenzo because I think offensively they're more developed than Anyenzo. And I think defensively they should be able to do something close to what Anyenzo does. Like they should be able to get four rebounds, four or five rebounds each, um, along with giving you eight to ten points. Bradshaw falls down so often. <laughs> yeah, one one thing that I noticed about Bradshaw, and I could be tripping, but I just feel like Bradshaw's arms look a little shorter than most of the other players in proportion to his body. Like, and I mean, he probably still has long arms, but for him to be the height that he is, it just seems like his length is a little bit smaller than it should be, or a little bit shorter, I say, than it should be. Um. But like I said, I could just be tripping, but I feel like every time I see him, it just looks like 
and that's how Malik Malik Monk was too. And I think that that actually hurt his draft stock a little bit because I think they like put that as a negative rating on Malik Monk that he has um shorter arms or shorter wingspan for guards uh, along with him not being super tall i think they were worried that he wasn't gonna get his shot off but obviously he gets it off just fine but you know that was a little knock on him the only freshman that might come back is shepherd um i would love to see shepherd come back because i just like the idea of a Kentucky kid come in and, and play in two or three years and hopefully lead Kentucky to a championship. But like I said, I I would love it if they could just figure out a way for NIL to pay these guys enough to keep a few of them just because I feel like they, what's going to happen is most of them, most of them are going to go to the NBA they're going to go straight to the G League. They're going to be playing in the gym, probably in front of a couple thousand people, riding on, you know, buses, staying in Motel 6s. They, they might lose their confidence. They might lose their love and drive for the game. So I feel like now with the ability to play, uh, to pay players, I feel like it's better to stay in college because you can develop in college and two or three years of these guys playing in Kentucky, then I would be confident that when they go to the NBA, they'd be ready to actually play, ready to help a team, ready ready to contribute. Um, so I definitely think um, a lot of these guys would, would benefit from, you know, staying at Kentucky. But unfortunately, I don't know if any of them are going to stay because I think I just seen a mock draft and they had Reed super high. Uh, I think um, Justin Edwards had dropped down a little bit, but I think he was still like 25th. So, you know, it depends on how he looks at that. He might look at it like I'm going in the first round. So, you know, has Oscar played any games with the Pacers this year? Yeah, I think he may have played in like one or two. Um, but, you know, same same way with him, even though I know he was up in age or whatever the case may be, but you know, he's he was playing in the G League and I think Oscar had a couple of monster games in the G League. I think he did like a couple times he might have did like thirty points and twenty rebounds. Um But it would have been better for him to stay at Kentucky and develop another year, get some money, play in front of you know, play with the pressure of Kentucky. Uh I think that's more helpful than playing in those small gyms in front of a, you know, a small crowd. I think, um, oh yeah, Andrew, you're right. He did, uh, he tried to, uh, <coughs> excuse me. He tried to take, uh, Giannis's, uh, ball. I, I forgot what Giannis accomplished that night, but normally they give the rookie, uh, the ball when he scores his first point or something like that, but Giannis did something crazy, so they gave it to Giannis. So <laughs> I think uh, that's what happened. But but yeah, because like if you, if you look at it, like technically, I think on this team we could have um, Ty Ty Washington back on this team. You know, we could have had Oscar on this team, um, Chris Livingston. 
So if some of these guys would just be a little patient, I think it would benefit them as well as Kentucky. Um, we would have a more seasoned veteran team. They would get more experience and probably get a better situation when they get drafted. Uh, because if you look at the championship teams that we that we've had, you know, even though technically they say we won our 2012 championship with one and duns, but if you really look at it, the leaders on the team was Terrence Jones. Deron Lamb, Darius Miller, um, and then the other guys, Anthony Davis, Gilchrist, uh, Teague, and them boys, they just fit themselves in around the veterans. And the veterans did the leadership work, and and then the younger guys just put their talent in where they fit it in. And that's probably why they won the championship if – if they wouldn't have had uh, Miller and Jones and Lamb on that team, they probably wouldn't have won the championship. So I just I just feel like it's just hard when you have to completely rely on freshmen. So I think a lot of these guys would probably be better off if they came back another year. Because I just think they would be more consistent. Like you wouldn't have, you know, like Big Z giving you zeros across the board. Well, I mean, he got two rebounds, but – you know, you wouldn't have those type of games from these players if they was in their second and third year. Um, you would have more consistent consistency like you do from Trey Mitchell. Like normally, Trey Mitchell is going to give you about ten plus points and about five rebounds. That's you can almost book that every game. And then, like you know, tonight, like he gave us a little bit more board work, gave us eleven rebounds. Um, Antonio Reeves is usually going to score 20 points. Um, so the older these guys get, the more season they get, you just get the the like the security of knowing that they pretty much going to give you the same or close to the same thing every night. And right now we just have so much, uh, you know, so much uncertainty because – like especially with our big men and and that's the thing about it is normally uh normally when we have seven footers you know since Calipari's been here our seven footers have usually protected the rim really good I mean I know we may have had a couple that you know played below the basket like Dakari Johnson and you know a couple guys like that but for the most part we've we've had some some really elite shot blockers um and I thought that between these three we would have at least maybe not one of them would be elite, but between the three, I feel like we would have elite shot blocking. Um, but defensively, they just, you know, like I said, Onyenzo plays the hardest, and that's probably why he's getting the most minutes. But uh, the other two, we just got to get them more aggressive on the defensive end. Let me see what he say. Uh we face guarded the ball much better tonight. Yeah, it we definitely did play some better defense. Um we still got a long way to go, but I was encouraged to see um you know, to see us only give up 57 points, especially on the road because it's just it's I feel like every game that we play on the road is just going to be hard uh 
you know, I feel like it's just going to be a test every single time. The only, and I don't think there's going to be any easy games at home, but I feel like that's the only time we may get a chance to relax is at home on the road. It's going to be like this. I, I think pretty much every single game. Um, but we got lucky cause we didn't play good tonight. Uh, we shot 36% from the field, but they shot 33%. So, you know, it's just one of those situations where we just outperformed them just a little bit better. And it's probably just because we shot the three ball better. Um, we did shoot 45% from three and they only shot 21%. So they shot terrible from the arc. Um, but I was glad to see we only had nine turnovers and we had 13 assists. I would love to see the assists been a little higher, though. Um, I would like to see 20-plus assists and less than 10 turnovers. That that's Whenever Kentucky is doing that and they moving the ball, their offense is on go. And I, I think sometimes they get, you know, when they start to feel the pressure, I think some of them – start to feel like they got to make more one-on-one plays instead of just trying to keep playing team ball and chip away and chip away and chip away. It might feel like it's taking a, a longer time to get back in the game, but if you just play more consistent, uh, you can just, you know, chip away at the lead better than trying to do one-on-one because I don't really think any of these guys are good enough to just completely go crazy and take over a game one-on-one think they all collectively need each other for the offense to click because the way that all their games are set up you know when the ball's moving that people is cutting people's passing they just play so much better you know there's a few guys on there that can get their shots off like rob can dance a little bit with the ball and get his shot up but even still he plays much better when the ball's just moving and it gets to him in good spots. And even if he does make moves off the dribble and stuff like that, he makes them better within when the ball is just whipping around the court. And the same with DJ. Even when DJ is going to the basket, it's just much better. Like if he catches the ball and he, after somebody kicks it to him and he makes a move and goes to the basket versus him just trying to go one-on-one. So I definitely – uh. I definitely like it better, you know, when they get high assists. I think we we uh, may we uh, match up with Tennessee very well, and I think we get the balls by ten. I haven't actually uh, watched Tennessee for real, so I really don't know how they look. Um, but you know, Tennessee is always tough, so I gotta wait and see. But um. Hopefully we we do get Tennessee. You know, I always hate when we lose to Tennessee. That's that's one of them teams that I just they, they probably if I had to rank the teams that I don't like, I got put Louisville number one. Then I'm gonna put Duke number two, then Tennessee probably number three for me. Uh, so I I definitely uh I don't like losing to Tennessee at all. So hopefully we we gonna get them, but um, yeah, we end up having eight steals too. That's that's one of the things that um, that's encouraging. The defensive stats when I see them, it does it makes me feel a little better. At least I know if we were stealing the ball, we was getting active. Um, 
we only had six blocks, but I guess it's I guess it's better than nothing. They uh, Arkansas had nine blocks though, which was you know we gotta be a little bit more under control when we go into the basket because there's a lot of times I feel like um I know I seen DJ do it maybe once or twice I seen uh, Reeves do it a couple times they make moves and then when they when they get to the basket they kind of it's almost like they didn't really jump hard or they kind of went like they they softened up when they felt like they had to open layup and then dudes was just coming out of nowhere and swatting it. So they got to be a little bit more aware and they got to, you know, when once they make the move, they got to remember they still got to finish it. Like you still got to go hard until you know the ball's in the basket. Uh, solid win tonight. Kentucky uh, Wildcat fan said, yeah, I was, I was just happy to, um, to get that one on the road because Kentucky had been struggling on the road. Um, so even though they didn't play great, it was an ugly win. I was just glad to see them, um, you know, towards the end of the game, make a little run and start to create a little distance. I think at one point, I forgot how much time was left. At one point, I think they went up nine or something maybe uh, late in the second half. And then, you know, they just kept the lead, just, you know, maintained, which, uh, you know, that's what you want to see. Like, just get the lead and then maintain it. They might take a couple points off. You add a couple points and you just get out of there with the victory and come on back to Lexington. So that's, you know, I was glad to see them be able to do that. Tennessee grinds it, pounds the paint and defense, but they are slow. And if that's the case, then, you know, hopefully we'll be able to get out and run. Because when we get out and run, Kentucky's uh, Kentucky's dangerous in transition. Even even our guy that we uh, that plays bad, Justin Edwards, if, if he gets out and runs in transition, you know, he's dangerous. Uh, Half-court offense, you know, he ain't put it together yet. But uh, if Kentucky gets out running and then they got guys spotting up for threes and, you know, people slashing to the basket, Kentucky definitely can get some uh, points quick. So if Tennessee is slow, then we got to run them. We got to run them. We got to tire them out. Andrew said that loss at Texas AM, I'm blaming DJ for that. You talking about when, uh, when he fumbled the ball or whatever and see it. That's one of those things where I feel like that's just DJ being young. Because I feel like DJ in year two or year three, I feel like those type of mistakes he wouldn't make because I feel like he would just, number one, be confident in himself. He would be experienced. Um, he would be more more focused and more locked in because uh, there's just sometimes – some points during the game where like you just mentally have to be 100% in the moment. Like you have to, you know, be fully focused on each and every single play. And I think, you know, it, I think his mind might've been, you know, th trying to process too much at one time and just a simple thing, like just catching the ball and he just fumbled it. So, Definitely, uh, we could have won that that A and M game, um, but you know we made a couple mistakes. But like I said, that's that's where I would like to see some of these older cats uh, be a little bit more vocal with the leadership, 
there's you know there's certain points there during the game where I feel like they should be calling for the ball. Uh, even Trey Mitchell, like I feel like he should he should demand the ball more because I feel like even if he's not looking to score, he makes really good like high IQ decisions for the team. Um. So I feel like I really like when he has the ball because nine times out of ten, I'm just confident he's gonna make a good play, whether it be him shooting or him passing. I feel like he's gonna do the right thing. So I feel like at certain times during the game, that's when you need to see the older players, you know, s- slow the young kids down and make sure everybody's on the same page. So I I would love to see him and Tone and the dude be a little bit more vocal, uh, a little bit more helpful to the young guys. Take some of that pressure off of them. Um, so that's what that's what I'm looking to see. They settle with threes because they're open. They don't realize a 27-foot three open still isn't that high of a percentage. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You are right. Um, Kentucky shoots a lot of threes, but I but I don't think it's going to stop, though, because this is – I think they said this is, statistically this is at least Kyle's best uh, shooting Kentucky team. So I'm pretty sure Kyle's encouraging them to shoot the three and they not going to stop. Um, and I think they actually got like a decent amount of players that shooting the, uh, the three ball at 30% and up. Um, I think the only people that may be shooting it lower than 30%, I think they were saying was like, um, might've been Bradshaw. He's a little bit lower than 30 and, um, Justin Edwards. But I think everybody else that shoots the three, that qualifies is shooting it at 30%. Then you got, like, I don't know if Reed is still at um, 50%, but at one point, Shepard was over 50%. I'm sure, like, Tone is probably, like, 40s, and, you know, Dilly's probably, like, 38 to 40. Um, so they do shoot it well, but um, just got to – I just want them to take good shots, uh whether they shoot mid-range or threes, I just want them to move the ball to try to get somebody an open look because I feel like they they do shoot well when they're open. Um, it's when they start doing too much one-on-one is where I think uh, they fall into the trap. Uh, like when you're playing open gym with some dudes, I give Trey Mitchell open threes all damn night till he made them consistently. I think uh I think Trey is a is a good shooter though. I think um I think if you leave Trey open a lot, I think he will shoot a good percentage. I like I like uh I like when Trey gets the ball. Like I said, but I like his playmaking for the other guys too though. Um that's I think I think he uh he's just the most consistent and the most solid one. Because I feel like he don't never try to play outside of his game. Like, he don't never try to do too much. You know, I feel like he's uh, the most calm, the most under control one. So, I like I like when Trey got the ball in his hands. It's a new age of thinking every open shot is a good one, regardless of how far they are from the rim. Yeah, the the new the new kids are just they just brought up like that's why you see all the centers and stuff taking threes 
that's why like when Big Z comes into the game, his first thought is go to the three point line and shoot threes. Like, um, but I I just want to see um, I want to see Big Z just be more aggressive because the first game he came out like he was hungry to prove something. Like he was probably just destroy college basketball. Like he was gonna make the NCAA pay for making him sit. And I was like, man, if if this is what we get in the first game, I was like, man, Big Z is about to go crazy. And um, last two games, he just pretty much been non-existent. He disappeared. So hopefully, uh, <coughs> excuse me, hopefully Big Z will wake back up. We have to slow down. Uh, I don't even know how to say that kid's name. What is it? Next to beat Tennessee, uh, that's a bad white boy. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I, I got to watch Tennessee because uh, I ain't really I ain't really familiar with their uh, roster uh, and I ain't really seen too many games. Or, so I'm going to check them out. I'm going um, to, you know, watch some highlights of their last couple games and see what they about, uh, see, what, see what we got coming. Cal always puts a leash on his players in the past, which I don't agree with. There's just certain times in the game when you don't take that deep shot if it's critical. Yeah. Cal, Cal has definitely uh, put leashes on some players, and then some players he gives the ultimate green light to. So it just kind of kind of depends. I think, you know, Cal's always said, you know, he looks at how the the practice is going and you know we've all all seen he has certain guys that um you know he has confidence to do certain things and then other guys you know it's he absolutely tells them there's things on the court that he doesn't want them to do I think uh if y'all remember uh Winnie and Gabriel had came out and said something about that how if you remember uh when Gabriel was in high school he he played out on the floor a little bit. He kind of played like a lot of these new age big men. He was already trying to play like that. And I think he thought he was going to get to utilize that type of uh, skill set when he came to Kentucky and Calipari was not having it. Calipari wasn't letting him dribble the ball, trying to take people to the rim. Uh, you know, he Calipari wasn't having none of that. Calipari basically let um, Gabriel develop into a pretty good spot-up shooter at Kentucky. Um and Gabriel probably was a little disappointed because he probably thought he was going to get uh, a leash to do a little bit more than that. And, I mean, you know, he's been fortunate. He's still, you know, he's still hanging around in the NBA, so he's still playing professionally. Um, but he probably felt like if he would have got turned loose, he might have been a little bit better. But who knows? Yeah, there was one year he had all the, the confidence in the world and Isaiah Briscoe, I thought Briscoe was solid. He was just a turnover machine. Yep. And uh, the, the the part that that I don't like about the whole Isaiah Briscoe situation is I I feel like we didn't really get a chance to really see like um to really see what Briscoe could do because I feel like uh, Briscoe was he came to Kentucky at the absolute worst time. He came after Tyler Eulis and right before Fox. So he had to play with both of them. So it's like you not playing point guard if Tyler Eulis is here. Then it's like 
All right, next season you think you're going to get it and then Fox comes. So it was super unfortunate for him that he he basically never really got a chance to play point guard. He was playing undersized small forward. So I think he did the best he could do at that particular time and he developed more after he left uh Kentucky. He didn't really get to develop while he was here. And I think that's why he ended up, you know, he played he played a little a few games. He got a few NBA games under his belt. Um, but he probably was a little bit behind because he didn't really get to develop his skills at Kentucky. So he was probably, you know, he was working from working from behind when he actually got his opportunity. And I think now he's fully developed. He's a solid enough player, but you know, probably just ain't nobody interested in him because, you know, of his age and stuff now. But I met De'Aaron Fox his freshman year. I was taller and heavier than him. I asked him if he was better than Malik, and he paused and said, go home. <laughs> uh, Yes, and you know how you said you was taller and heavier. That's the that's the crucial part about having a team full of freshmen is that they just, they basically high school guys still like they not, you know, they might be legally adults, but they still, you know, most of them aren't physically developed. Like every once in a while you get some guys like Bam, uh, Bam was pretty developed as a, as a freshman in high school. So he was able to like bang and muscle with the, you know, pretty much every big man that he uh, played against, but you don't hardly ever really get that too much out of freshmen. Most of these guys are tall, but they are skinny and they just don't got the size on them. Like I was, I was watching a little bit of the Duke and Clemson game before Kentucky came on it. That's the one of the thing I seen where they just got a few guys that's just big dudes. Uh, so. That's the key sometimes. And I think that's the, what the struggle is with Bradshaw. Like, I think I think Bradshaw, if Bradshaw was more physically developed, I think we would get better production out of him. Because I, I definitely think he would be able to score better. And But I think the other deficiencies in his game, like the rebounding and, you know, different stuff like that, I think he would be better if he was two or three years more physically developed. <coughs> Excuse me. I think Cal should start Dillingham way too explosive on offense to be on the bench. Yeah. The only this is the reason why I don't think he's gonna start Dillingham though. And I'm just gonna be honest with you. I think he I agree with you. I think he should start. But I think Calipari just loves DJ to a fault. Like, that's his guy, you know what I'm saying? Like Calipari's cool with DJ's whole family. Um, like, I think Calipari just, you know, actually just loves DJ's family. Like, so I, I think he looks at that like he probably looks at DJ like his, you know, his nephew or, you know, something like that. So I think he's going to he's not going to take the starting point guard position from DJ, even though I think. Shepard and Dillingham could both run the team a little bit better. But overall, DJ has been playing steady enough to where Cal can justify starting him. It's not like he's 
you know, he's not playing bad like the way Edwards is playing. I think if DJ was playing as bad as Edwards was playing, um, then he might not have no choice but to start Dylan Ham or Shepard. But I think um, he, you know, he, he hung in there. And, and, and see, I think in the beginning of the season, DJ and Edwards was playing kind of bad. And I think Cal was just trying to give them the, the opportunity to pick it up and figure it out. And I think DJ sort of figured it out. Um, you know, he still has his moments, but for the most part, he's he's playing much better. And I think he was thinking that um, it was going to happen for Edwards too, and it just hasn't happened yet. And I think it's just at a point where he just didn't have a choice. It's like he's got to do something like because at this point, Edwards is just – you know, he's kind of hurting the team by being out there. So hopefully, um, you know, whether he starts Dillingham or not, you know, he can control the minutes a little better. And maybe maybe in some games he might have to limit DJ's minutes a little bit. And I'm not saying, like, you know, he could still play, play him 20 minutes a game, but he might just have to – he might have to play Rob a few more minutes. Like, if DJ playing – 25 minutes a game you might have to play rob 30 uh so hopefully he can start really figuring out how to manage this team because cal's got a huge ego yeah he he does cal definitely got the huge ego so he probably you know the guys that he he started originally he probably thought those was the best players so he probably wants them to succeed and you know how Cal is. He wants them to get to the NBA, so he probably really wants Justin to have that breakout game so that he can, you know, go on to the next level and get his career started. But he just ain't got no choice at this point. Like, you got to take Justin out the game. And, and you know, he's he's got to play uh, bench warmer minutes now. His confidence is in the gutter. It is. It definitely is. Uh, I think he's. I think he's mentally – think he's pressing too much uh, i think he's probably aware of how bad he's been playing and he probably is aware of what the fans are saying and i think it's probably uh it's probably weighing on him a lot so hopefully uh hopefully he can figure out a way to but maybe this might take some of the pressure off of him coming off the bench because maybe he just might not feel like he's you know, like he's got to press as hard and and maybe he might accidentally have one of those games where he uh, gets his confidence back up. He plays well, hopefully. Reed wasn't supposed to start. He played well and kind of earned it. He's just really good defensively and offensively he can get the job done. I wouldn't start him personally. I think, um, I think Reed's cool with coming off the bench, uh, but I actually like I do like Reed with the ball in his hands because I feel like he's one of the better decision makers from the guard spot. Um, and I think he, yeah, like you said, he can play. He's pretty consistent with what he does on both ends of the court, even though the last couple of games, like we had said earlier, um, he had kind of disappeared a little bit, but he found his way back tonight. So hopefully, um, hopefully, you know, he'll, continue to play like he was earlier in the season but I, I think he just got froze out a little bit because I think other guys started to build some confidence 
and it kind of took the ball out of his hand a little bit. So I think tonight with him getting the ball back in his hands more, I think that's that's why you uh why you seen him um, playing a little better. I want to see Cal get ejected for biting the ref. <laughs> I don't think he'll get ejected for biting the ref, but I'm pretty sure he probably going to get ejected uh, at least once this uh, season. Probably not for biting the ref, though. But um, probably on a, on a one of them road games where, where they having another a close game like this, I could see it happening. Because like, like we were saying, the, the road games are just all going to be tough, I think. Um, I think they're going to all be like low-scoring low games where just – defensively you have to win the game and that's the part that worries me about Kentucky is defensively I don't know if I can depend on them you know so hopefully uh they just figure out something defensively it's nothing really to say about it they just got to get more aggressive they got to play smarter on defense they got to help each other more they got to be more vocal um they got to protect the rim better This fan base and the media is too much sometimes. NBA players go in ruts and don't even hear it like these kids are. <laughs> yeah, um and you know that's one of the reasons why a lot of the a lot of the NBA players that come from Kentucky contribute some of their success to that because they Kentucky fans are on your ass all season. Uh Sometimes we have unrealistic expectations. Um, and sometimes we have a little, like, too much confidence or too high of expectations for these kids. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's tough. I know it's tough to play here. Um, you you got to be mentally prepared uh, because it's like an emotional roller coaster. It's like when you play well. We love you. Everything's great. When you play bad, we're going to tell you that you're playing, you know, awful and that you need to step your game up. Um, and, and you know, if these kids were older, if these kids were juniors and seniors, they probably would be able to handle that better and bounce back from it easier. But it's probably not easy to, you know, to find your way through all of that when you're young as some of these players are. I know um, Ryan Harrell was one that struggled with that pretty bad. Ryan Harrell was talented, but I think the pressure of being the starting point guard at Kentucky kind of ate him up. And I remember at one point they said, like, Teague was calling him on the phone. And Teague was kind of telling him about how, like, it was, you know, at one point we was on, on Teague, you know, and then I guess he was trying to encourage him and just telling him to like tune all of that out and stay focused and um, try to just mentally prepare yourself as, as much as you can. Z can be so good. Stop uh, camping him on the three point line and slash him. Yeah. I, th I think, um, I like Z. When I seen Z make them couple little moves where he's dribbling and going to the basket, I like that a lot. Like, no, don't get it twisted. I love the fact that he was hitting threes. Um, but I liked his moves that he made going to the basket, and I feel like if if he can do that type of stuff, he could be a, a strong player around the paint. 
But he just, I don't, like I said, I don't know. I feel like Calipari's mad at Z. I feel like Z been slacking off or he been, you know, practicing bad or something. And I feel like Calipari's trying to let him know, like, hey, look, like, if you ain't getting ready to put the effort out there, then we got some other people that's going to try. Um, I feel bad for Jordan Burks because I think Jordan Burks plays hard when he gets in the game, but he just can't, you know, he can't break in that, that lineup. Um, I think if he was a little bit taller, I think he would have got a shot. I think while a dude Thero was out, if I think, you know, he may may have got a chance if he was a little bit taller. Um But I just hope that uh Jordan doesn't I hope Jordan stays on the team because like I said, I want to see some of these guys stay on the team and develop and get better so that we actually can get, you know, a get a more polished version of some of these players to actually help at Kentucky. Because right now, all of these guys that we looking at, you know, all the young guys, we looking at the worst possible versions of them. We looking at Rob, Reed, Bradshaw, Z, uh, Wagner. We looking at the worst versions of them. So in two or three years when they polished up, we're going to be like, if we don't win the championship, we're going to be so disappointed. But, um, yeah, we just got to hope that some of these guys will come back. But you know how it goes. Z was smiling full teeth when we was down five. Yeah, see, like, you got to get locked in, man. You got to – you can't be playing around. You can't be uh, just joking. Like, you got to be serious when you're out there. Um, maybe, you know – if you remember last year, Coach Cal called out a dude Thero for some of that stuff, uh, not playing hard and not being in good shape. And now, you know, a dude Thero plays hard. He seems to be in better shape, and he definitely plays harder when he's out there now. Um, you know, like we said earlier, he missed a lot of his layups, uh, but he was scrapping down there. He was getting busy. He was getting after it. He's crashing the boards. So, you know, hope. Uh, you know, hopefully with some more repetitions after missing so many games, that that's something that he can easily clean up. So, this year is the most aggressive Cal has allowed the offense to play, and I love it. Yeah, he he lets some of these guys be themselves more than he has. Um, he definitely like like Rob. Rob said that you know he loves the fact that. Coach Cal encourages him to play his style of game. He just tried to keep him from going too uh, crazy with it. But, you know, he's, I guess he's just trying to teach him how to pick his spots better. You know, there's there's moments for you to make those type of plays, and then there's moments when uh, it's not really appropriate. So hopefully he's just trying to help him figure it out. Martin Robert, what's good? What's up, brother? Uh Cause Tyler Eulis is on the bench. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I definitely think um, Tyler Eulis has been a great asset because I'm sure he's been giving them giving them guys a whole lot of game, man. Like Tyler Eulis was one of the smartest players that I ever seen at Kentucky. Um, for him to be as effective as he was with his size, and Tyler Eulis really didn't play fast. Tyler Eulis was always under control, but never seemed to really get. You know, he was always able to get to his spots and, 
you know, he, he was a master of controlling his space. Um, he knew exactly how much room he needed to get his shot off. Tyler Eulis was just, if Tyler Eulis would have been, you know, uh, average NBA point guard side, size, like 6'4", I don't have no doubt that Tyler Eulis would have been the starting point guard in the NBA. Um, superstar or not, I don't know, but he definitely would have been the starter. But, um, but hopefully a lot of these guys are learning some stuff. And I, and I even feel like, um, not even just point guards. I feel like all the players could learn something from him because he's just so smart. You know, he just, hopefully he's teaching them to make really good decisions. Reed and Trey crunch time. Yep. Yeah, we've been we've been talking about uh Reed Reed and, and Trey. Uh just me personally, I I like their decision making. I like both of them with the ball in their hands because I think not only can they score, but they can you know, they two are the best playmakers for our other guys. So I definitely love love Reed and Trey, man. They play well tonight. Like I was saying earlier too, uh, I was glad to see Reed get back to his normal uh production status because you know he had kind of kind of fell off the last couple of uh, games so glad to see uh glad to see him uh doing his thing i don't need no damn six five point guard in college hoops even nba for that matter um but that's kind of just pretty much all there is now there's not a whole lot of guys in the nba that are little guys anymore they just don't draft them uh and tyler ulis is a true point guard but there's not really i don't think that they really want true point guards necessarily anymore if you look at it most of the guards are combo guards they want it really seems like they just want guys that can score but can make decent decisions and pass a little bit but as far as true point guards there's not many left in the nba uh now you you find more uh you find more college teams that have less size um because it's just so many teams out there but in the nba they really don't hardly ever look for guys under six feet anymore unless um unless you like really special because i think tyler ulis was as good as you could get for a guy that's like 510 or whatever the case may be and you know they gave him a, a little little chance and you know i watched uh, some of tyler ulis's games in the nba he played pretty decent uh i've seen him match up with chris paul hold his own pretty good but eventually they just look to replace you with somebody that's tall um seems like they size kings <laughs> but yeah that's that's just the way the league is going like like the league just changed they want you know the guards to all be tall they want the centers to all be able to shoot jumpers especially three-pointers if they can but they at least want the the centers to be able to shoot some nice little mid-range jumpers they don't really look for just strictly back to the basket center so they just uh the game has just changed man i don't i don't know if it's for the better or for the worse 
I like small ball with this squad. No seven footers except for a few minutes. Um, now that a a dude Thero is back, I wouldn't mind seeing them revisit that. Uh, I would like to see him try Mitchell back at um the center, a dude Thero at the power forward. Then you know whatever combination of the other three guards you want. You know, Reeves probably is going to definitely be one of those. Then, you know, you could mix up with Wagner, Dilly, and Shepard, however you want to do that. I would like to see that uh, particular lineup play a decent amount of minutes together and see what they could do. I think I think that would be one of our better lineups. But it just, you know have to see how they can do defensively because I, I think it's just hard for him not to play the seven-footers because he just feels like he got to give himself a little bit of a potential for shot blocking, even though they don't do it that well. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why I, why I think Reeves is projected to be the lowest draft pick. And I think Reeves, to an NBA scout, looks the most one-dimensional. Um, when I, when I look at Reeves, I feel like Reeves shooting potential is going to get him an opportunity because I do think Reeves is an elite shooter and I could only imagine how he would shoot if he was just doing like a workout. Like if they just had him in the gym and somebody was just passing him, uh, the ball for him to shoot jumpers in front of some scouts. I think he would hit a ridiculously high percentage of those shots. And I think there's a place for a guy that shoots as good as Reeves if he can play defense. Um I yeah, I I think I think he does have a good floater, but I think I think he I think he has the least amount of ability to create shots like going forward on the NBA level. Like, I feel like like there was a couple times where he was driving to the basket tonight and he went up and he didn't get the foul call and I was just thinking to myself, even even Reed to a degree, but definitely Dillingham and DJ would have probably switched over to another side even if they had to jump off the wrong foot and go up and, and lay the ball in with their left hand. Uh, and I just don't know if Antonio really got that in his bag. So that's the reason why I kind of feel like he's a little less versatile. But I feel like if he can just play defense, if he can learn to play defense, he can still make the NBA because I just feel like – and when I'm when I say play defense, I'm not saying he has to be a lockdown defender, but what I'm saying is – just consistently play solid defense. I think he could have a, you know, a good career in the NBA, but he's got to, got to be able to play at least solid defense to where he ain't just completely getting torched every single night. Um, Reed has to be the point guard, man. DJ isn't a point guard. Yeah. I, I actually, um, I like Reed better at the point guard position. I, I think DJ, is 
is a he's capable of playing point guard, but I think naturally DJ is a better scoring guard than he is a point guard. And I think once DJ becomes a a pretty reliable shooter, I think he'll probably naturally transition to playing shooting guard. Um and I think Reed Shepard is more of a natural point guard, uh, even though he's a better shooter right now than DJ. But I think Reed with the way he plays the game, I think he plays the game to set up his teammates and then he just takes the points as they come. But but some sometimes Reed does get aggressive. Like if Reed's standing, you know, he'll he'll take a deep three pointer and he'll come off the pick and roll and pop a little mid range jumper. So he he does get aggressive sometimes, but I feel like um he has more of a, a instinct to play make for his teammates. More so than DJ, definitely. Reed, Trey, and Tone combined for 34 of the team's 39 second-half points. Yep, they they collectively played the best today, um, for sure. He plays free because he's a second-year player. I think the other guards are just scared to miss shots. You could be right about that. I definitely think that's what it is with Justin Edwards. I think Justin Edwards got to a point where he's out there playing, trying not to make mistakes instead of just playing. Um, and once you get to that point where you're just trying not to mess up, uh, usually you mess up more. Um, you have to be confident in yourself. And you have to be uh, okay with, um, you know, making some mistakes and got to learn to live with it. Like, it happens to everybody. So, you know, that's just part of the game. Does it seem like the past two games, Cal has went back to last year's style of playing offense? Yes, um, I think um, I think Cal once he got, I think once he got all of his seven footers back, especially without having a dude Thero, I think he uh, went back to the the two big lineup. Um, but I, you know, I like I like the lineup with more perimeter players in it. But, yeah, the last couple games, he definitely went back to that. So, who knows what, what's going to happen next game. Um, hopefully, Rob will be back. Hopefully, uh, Thero will still be uh, able to play. Um, but, who knows. But, I, I do like the, the smaller lineup for sure. Reed doesn't have uh the quick first step like DJ. Better mid range seems like though. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, yeah. I I agree with that. DJ has to learn to drive right and because uh, it won't work at the next level. DJ does go left a lot, man. Um He he goes right sometimes. But he he definitely attacks the basket left-handed a lot. I wouldn't be surprised if he might be ambidextrous because he does shoot the right-handed jumper, but he attacks the basket a lot with his left hand. Um, but yeah, he's definitely got to be got to be able to finish both ways. So. They'll have to pick it back up for Florida and Tennessee. Yeah, they got they just gotta get their defense together. It's the same it's the same story. Um 
but I, like I said, though, I was encouraged to see them at least, even though they didn't really play a great game, they didn't play good necessarily on offense. They didn't really play great on defense, but they played better on defense. So I definitely uh, was encouraged to see um, they won one on the road. Cal needs to go back to how we was winning in the beginning of the season, running the offense through Antonio. Yeah, I, I think um, ambidextrous. Uh, is that not how I said it? I, I probably just slurred it, man. My bad. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I think, uh, I want Cal to to go back to running more ball handlers because I think when he has more ball handlers out on the court, they get a higher assist to turnover ratio. And whenever they, you know, move the ball around, I think the the offense just flows better. Guys get better shots. Um I think sometimes having multiple big men in there kind of slows them down or it, it kind of takes away from uh, one or two guys that, you know, could be uh, pushing the ball up the court. So it kind of it kind of puts Trey in a position where he has to play on the perimeter. Um, so, yeah, I, I actually prefer the small ball lineup. But even if he doesn't play it the whole game, I just want him to run it at some points. Like I said, I want to see Trey and the dude play together um, with, you know, with the guards. So hopefully he'll go back to that. Do you think Cal trying to implement the team to playing better defense and in turn is hurting the offense now? Kinda, uh, I think um, I think he might just be trying to trying to tighten up the defense because at some point he probably figures in March he's gonna have an ugly game where his offense just don't got the juice, and um, he needs to make sure that they can win ugly games like this. But yeah when they when they just run 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 they they will outscore a lot of teams um when you averaging 90 points a game you you gonna usually have a shot to win uh so i do think uh focusing on defense probably has slowed down the offensive lot but they gotta they gotta get it both together um you know, like we talked about the the '96 Kentucky championship team, they uh, averaged 91 points a game, and I think they they held opponents to 69 points a game. So that's the type of production when you get that, you know, you can win the championship. It may not happen, but you know, you got a team that can do it. And um, they got the offensive side down, even though, like I said, they struggled tonight, 63 points. But they got an offensive team that can do it. But they got to, you know, at least be a decent defensive team they they don't even got to be like top five or top 10 but they got to be at least a solid defensive team and, and they could uh they could make some noise uh 
but anyways man look i think we pretty much covered everything tonight uh thank y'all again for uh tuning in and chatting with me and hopefully uh you know i'll see y'all back on the next one i'm gonna go on and get off here uh y'all have the a good rest of y'all's weekend and we'll do it again next time sports and discourse with Derek stevenson see y'all later guys